0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, every team needs a playmaker who will be the guy to step up for the Cougar offense this upcoming football season. Super
1: Bowl champion and former Cougar Brian Billick joins us to talk about being inducted into the Ravens' ring of honor.
0: And women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead is back from Japan and ready to unveil the 2019 schedule. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, live from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live, everybody. We're your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Monday, June 3rd. Man, it's already June Thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who regrets eating all of that candy, Brian Logan. Nope,
1: nope, 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 nope.
0: I've, you uh, nope, are without uh, at least one tooth today, aren't you, my friend? Yeah, I had a tooth pulled um, on Friday. So so if, speaking if you, if you, if is, you, is probably great for you. Yeah, it's
1: it's absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, I'm coming off the IR. I know you guys needed. Um, you know, last-minute, two-minute two, two minute drill, two-minute drive to come in, save the game. So that's what I'm here for. And, you know, fans, if you hear a little, you know, slowness in my speech when it comes to the, my P's and my B's, that's why. bad so, no regrets, man.
0: No regrets. No regrets? Now, you, for those that don't know Brian, Brian usually comes <laughs> to the show with, like, a bag full of candy. Yeah. It's like Gushers. What are some of your other... Uh, treats of choice So
1: recently it's been the airhead bites okay um, but you're
0: constantly just like like yeah nibbling on candy and sweets yeah. like a lot that's, that's my did, diet did the dentist say you're gonna have to cut that back um yeah and I mean, are that, you going to listen to said that, dentist? definitely not gonna listen that's kind of what you know, i figured
1: you know so there's a famous quote by a famous rapper drake um, yolo oh you
0: mean raptors fan yeah. Drake?
1: yeah yeah actually you're right yeah yes. that actually that actually works Um, but he, you know, he came up with this, this quote says, he says YOLO, it's actually a song. So YOLO is how I feel when the doctor says, or the dentist says, don't eat any more candy. That's, that was my response. I said... YOLO.
0: Well, like YOLO, we only do this show once, <laughs> and coming up on today's show, Brian Billick, former Cougar, Super Bowl champion, receiving the honor of having his, uh, his name in the Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor. He'll join us coming up in about 15 minutes, and then in about a half an hour, the head coach of the BYU women's volleyball team, Heather Olmsted, back from Japan with Team USA. We'll talk to her about that experience, some of her players getting some, some awesome experience uh, with the national team, and uh, also going to unveil the 2019 schedule. So lots on the show, but we start things off with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Brandon Davies and Zalgiris defeated Rytus for the LKL Championship 92-54. to Davies scored 13 points and had four assists in the victory. Zalgiris finished the season with a record of 39-3. and And by the way, Davies has signed a two-year deal with Barcelona. That according to multiple reports out of Europe. Hey, nice. Congrats to Brandon. Former Cougar Alexa Gray
1: is the MVP of the Norteca Qualification Tournament. Gray led Canada to a 3-0 victory over Puerto Rico.
0: Taylor Sander led Team USA to a victory over Australia in an FIVB Nations League match. Sander led the team with 19 points over four sets. Team USA finished week one with a record of one and two. Ashley Hatch of the Washington Spirits scored the
1: game-winning goal in the 23rd minute in a 2-0 win against the Utah Royals FC. The win lifts the Spirits atop the NWSL standings, three points in front of Utah.
0: All rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. In an article by Chantel Jennings of the Athletic last last week, she discussed the BYU offense by saying this. She said, "Quote: The offense returns nine starters, but doesn't have go-to playmakers at running back and wide receiver, and its starting quarterback didn't go through spring drills." End quote. So Chantel talking about BYU and its lack of playmakers. Brian, if I asked you, who do you believe? the playmaker will be for the BYU offense this upcoming season? Uh, I got
1: to say Lopini, Katoa. Um, it, it was hard because, you know, like, like uh, Chantel referenced you know, in the article, uh, that the lack of playmakers, and, and rightfully so when you look at the stats by the numbers, right? But this, this decision is solely based off of athletic performance, um, I would say potential, and when you look at speed, you look at agility, big play capability. Right, it's really what she's talking about. Um, you you got to give it to Lopini, and and when you look at uh, the, the running backs, when you look at the receivers, I, I, I think this is the most explosive guy on that side of the ball. Um, you know, given his you know his injury, and he's it's, it's it's a little bit up in the air to see how strong he'll come back. Everything that we've heard so far has been good um but look at but look at his stats and his numbers right seventy six carries last year uh four hundred and twenty three yards, which is not great right, but look at the average yeah this uh, is
0: this is impressive
1: five point six yards he's averaging when he touches the ball and eight touchdowns as well, and out of that you know he only fumbled one time, so you know good with well i would say i would say lost fumbles right right um and, and And so, when you look at that that stat right there, that's the biggest thing that stands out to me is somebody that has big play um you know capability and and you know you can't you can't i I can't knock chantel you know when you look at the stats and and the and just on paper. However, you got to also understand new offense, right? You had a quarterback switch. So, you know, that the offense as a whole didn't really get to fire on all
0: cinder, cylinders like, you know, a, a team or a program would hope for. Yeah, no, I understand where she's coming from. When you're looking at the stats, there's nobody that had eye-popping stats. But for me, and it may sound obvious that a quarterback is the playmaker – but with this team and what we saw from Zach, William, Zach Wilson last year, he's the guy for me in my mind. Everything offensively starts with Zach, and and his ability to create plays, in my mind, makes him BYU's top playmaker. To me, he's a player that makes others around him better. He's got the arm strength to be able to get the ball downfield, to stretch the defense, allow the guys downfield to make plays, and his ability to keep plays alive with his feet will allow others around him to make plays. I think what we saw out of Zach Wilson is the tip of the iceberg, and I think because... Of his playmaking ability, that will allow others around him to become playmakers. But to me, it starts with Zach. I think, I think you're right, man, I,
1: and I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the thing I like about Zach and, and some of the, the key words that you mentioned when referencing him is, is, the, is the big plays, right? The, the, the ability to make a play. That's really what it comes down to when, when you look at who are your playmakers. It's, it's hard to, to look at the stats and the numbers, especially from an outsider looking in. But when you look at the guys and, and you see them all lined up on the sideline, you go, okay, Bushman, he can make a play. Yep. Lapini, he can make a play. Zach can make a play at any time. So, so BYU has the talent and the guys. Now it's just trying to figure out how you know, consistently can they get the ball in their hand. And, and, and you know what? That, that leads us to the, the next question. Jason when it when it comes to who are these playmakers and I went to the to the running backs because it's 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 easy right it's it's easy thing to do when you look at the the wide receivers Zach does a really good job of spreading the wealth you know he's not just focused on one player however BYU does in my opinion need to have a solid receiver tight end receiver doesn't really matter to really step up and that leads us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since 1971, yes, 1971, (laughs) BYU has had six seasons where the leading receiver has had less than 600 yards. And
0: three of those seasons have come in the last three years. So half of those numbers have come in the last three years where BYU has not had a guy have at least 600 yards. Yeah, that's not, it's all been below. It's
1: not very good. And so this is the question. Jason, will BYU have multiple 600-yard-plus receivers next season?
0: Recent history says it's going to be tough. I I went back and looked. The last time BYU had at least two players with 600-plus yards receiving was 2015. It was Mitch Matthews had 737, and then Devon Blackman had 669. It also, by the way, happened the year before in 2014 as well. Matthews was a part of that. He had 922, and then Jordan Leslie had 779, but it hasn't happened since 2015. I believe the talent is there to have multiple players reach that mark with guys like Bushman, MLP coming back from the injury. If he's healthy, we know how good he can be. Gunnar Romney, talent Shumway, etc. Bushman has been very close twice, by the way, and I think he's the one guy that gets there for sure in this offense this season the question is who can the second guy be and all the other receivers will need to take a big step up in terms of their production in order to achieve that goal though but I think the offense, especially the offense we saw the last half of last season, is more than capable of producing at least two players with 600 yards receiving.
1: I, I agree with you, man. The capabilities there, the talent's there. And I'm going to go ahead and say it wouldn't surprise me if three receivers did this. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I know you're looking at me like, what are you smoking right now? By the, <laughs> by the way,
0: by the way, BYU almost had three. The year that they had in 2014 with Matthews and Leslie, mm-hmm. Nick Kurtz was 22 yeah. behind yeah. That would have given them three players with 600.
1: And and, and you look back at the, me. Me and Ben Crittle always talk about that that trio, right? You look at them, and and again, just from an outsider looking at on them standing on the sideline, the height, the size, just the pure athleticism that they looked like they had. You and you look at the the stats, right? Almost accomplishing this goal, uh, which is the question. And and I think it all comes down to BYU running the ball, right? And and you have a an entire offense that is has one year under their belt. They've seen all types of defenses, so, so they're, more, they're, they're more comfortable. I think they're going to be more consistent. They're going to play quicker and faster because they know what, they're, what, what to do, which is going to open up the pass. We all know that it's a run-first offense. And so with that being said, when you, when you can dictate on the ground Usually, you have safeties or, or defenses that are going to creep up in the box. You're going to have a lot of DBs, linebackers, dirty eyes, right? Eyes in the backfield, and that's going to have opportunities for play action, and not only play action, but deep ball play action. And so, I think if you sprinkle in some of the the, the bigger plays, like we're talking about, right? You know, play, maybe passes that are 50 yards, 60 yards plus, and then you sprinkle in. Uh, the, the continued consistency of what we saw last year, I think three guys can do this easily.
0: Yeah, I, I think this this offense is set up for that. And like I said, I think it's it's almost a, a given that if Matt Bushman is healthy for the entire season, he gets there. He's been very close twice. And I, I think his just natural progression for him gets him over that. It's which guy, which other guy becomes the second one. And there's plenty of options there. From a talent standpoint, talent is not the problem. It's just whether or not these guys from a production standpoint can take that w- next I w- step. I, w- I would say which guy can get 1,000
1: and then which other two can get to 600. Ooh, that's what I would say. Wow, you're setting that's the bar I, high. I, I like it, though.
0: Hey, man. It also could be the uh, the the tooth medication hey,
1: speaking. It, you know what? Probably so. Go, <laughs> hey, go.
0: You know, we don't play this game to lose, man. Go, go hard. <laughs> we, if you're scared, go to church. There we go. Finally, topic number three. Gonna have a little fun with this one. The uh, the Shepherd family over the weekend saw the new Aladdin movie. Went and saw it on Saturday. So in honor of Il- Aladdin, and by the way, we're not going to get greedy here with three wishes. Uh, if you had one wish, Brian, for BYU sports, what would it be?
1: It's easy, man. National championship for the BYU football program.
0: A second, you mean? You know, because we already have one. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, second. Okay, a second, second. Well, I meant like this year.
0: You so. want one like right
1: now. Yeah, like now, like yesterday. Uh-huh. Like I wish the season was yesterday, and then we could fast forward, and we are raising up the national championship. Yes, that's, so, that's your what, one wish. My one wish. If,
0: if Will Smith came here and granted you one wish for BYU Sports, it's that the uh, national championship for BYU this yeah, season.
1: I'd say, yeah, so what, 2020, right? Because playoffs. Would uh, correct. Be, yeah, but yeah, so, the
0: 2019 so, season. Okay. Yes. So,
1: so yes, yep. That's what it would be, man. And, and, and you know, at first I was like, oh, a win over Utah. Easily. But then I said, you know what? We're going to do that on our own. I'm going to. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go hard, I'm gonna go bold. You know, when I when I when I say a prayer and I ask God, Hey God, can you give me this? I go I bring him with the highest of the highest expectations. And so that's exactly what I'm doing here, man. Why just get a win over Utah when you could be a national champion?
0: Yeah, I kinda figured there would be a lot of people that would say, Never you lose to Utah, which I can certainly understand that, but nah. I this may surprise no one, by the way, that this is where I'm going. If I had one wish from a genie, uh, it would be a P5 invite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not going to surprise anybody that I went there. And honestly, I don't care which one it is in terms of the league. Pac-12 would be preferred for regional purposes. But I truly do not care which one as long as BYU is in it. Scheduling, uh, financial compensation, (laughs) inclusion, Uh, Shutting Utah up, it all gets resolved if BYU gets into a P5 conference. So that is my one wish. That's actually actually great. That's 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 where I'm going. Have you seen the movie, by the way? No, the new one. No. The new one. Not, no, not the new. It's good. New one. It's. I'm not going to give like Jerem's 12 second movie review because that's that's his thing. Uh, it was good. I'm kind of like the get off my lawn guy. That like, why do we need to remake everything? Okay. I did okay. enjoy it more than I expected to. Will Smith was very good in it. He is no Robin Williams. That was perfect casting. You're, yeah. you're never going to get better than Robin Williams as the genie. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was a good movie. I liked it.
1: So, I, so you're saying I should wait to? to no, well, come I mean, out it's on the red box. Take take the kids. My kids already saw it. Oh, they already saw yeah. it. Okay, well, so, yeah, so maybe then wait. So I should wait, right? Yeah, wait. It'd be kind of weird to go in. It's like, really hey, everybody, Brian myself.
0: Logan's seeing Aladdin by but, yeah, himself. use plus, cool.
1: Plus, <laughs> plus, when I when I go, I go um, with the uh, the luxury seats. So, oh, so I, you're one of those bring, guys. I, I,
0: yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Can a, you go to sit in any other seat, or is that it? No, I, I, can't, I can't. Oh, I can't, boy. And I bring a blanket. Oh, boy. I bring
1: a blanket, right? So that would be even a little bit more weird. Right? Would it be weird if you just saw what passed weird at this black point? Black man with a blanket, seeing Aladdin with no kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I no idea what I'm supposed to say right now. Let's get to our question of the day. We're talking about playmakers. Who will be the playmaker this season for the BYU offense, and why? Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. This is the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, at G. Hansen 25, Uh, he says, A combination of Bushman, Hefo, and Gunnar Romney, they can make plays and tough catches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the guys that are all in the mix. Like I said, talent, there's enough talent in the receiving core, tight ends. I mean, for crying out loud, even coming out of the backfield, you could have a guy... With a, with yeah. a decent you know year in terms of receiving yards,
1: Wait, like, didn't Harvey got like three, didn't he get like three hundred, four hundred, five hundred? Like yards it's 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 yeah.
0: definitely possible that you you could have somebody coming out of the backfield with a couple hundred yeah. yards receiving. I mean that's in this offense that's certainly capable. It's it's whether it's just you like I said. You're gonna. I think you're gonna get Bushman. It's gonna be who the second guy is. And you went. You said three. So maybe maybe all three of these guys that uh, G. Hansen 25 said on uh, on Twitter.
1: Anything is possible. Anything Any, is possible. Anything you can join
0: possible. in. Answer the question. BYUSN. Don't forget use that hashtag. Chime in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up,
1: at least four great things are happening for BYU women's volleyball. Heather Homestead will tell this tell us all about them. And if she caught a Pokemon.
0: Ooh, he's a Super Bowl champion and will soon have his name in the Ravens' ring of honor. Former Cougar Brian Bellick joins the show next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the
1: official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us on Tuesday, June 18th for BYU Football Media Day. BYU TV and BYU Radio will have complete coverage featuring State of the Program, a look at BYU impact on college football as the game celebrates its 150th year and a two-hour BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Football Media Day, always a fun day. Welcome back in, coming to you live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. My name is Jason Shepard alongside Brian Logan, and we were talking about wishes just a second ago as I went and saw the Aladdin movie, and Brian's was for BYU to win a national championship this season. You said you immediately want to jump to the season and get this thing going, which, by the way, starts in how many days? Countdown to the youth. 87 days away. You know who else wore number 87? That would be one Brian Billick tied in for the Cougars. 1976 AP All-American Honorable Mention, became an NFL head coach, won a Super Bowl in 2000-2001 uh, in season. He's going to be inducted into the Ravens Ring of Honor this year, and we are very happy to have Brian Billick back on BYU Sports Nation. He joins us on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Brian, thank you so much for taking a few minutes today. We appreciate it. How are you?
2: Yeah, uh, Greg, glad to be here. I appreciate you having me on this morning.
0: You bet. Congratulations on the news that you're going to be honored this upcoming season by being in the Baltimore Ravens ring of honor. What was your reaction when you got that news?
2: Yeah, very much a surprise, but very much appreciated. You know, uh, uh, I've been in this area now for 20 years, which is you think about it and you got to remember now coaches years are like dog years. You got to <laughs> multiply them. Right. And so that's a long, long time. And, and, uh, uh, my wife and I very appreciative, very unexpected, but very much appreciated, and to be able to to be able to stand in that stadium and see that there's going to be a permanent fixture to the time that I spent here. It's just uh, very, very humbling, but very, very much appreciated.
1: Coach, uh, first and foremost, you know, congrats, and and second of all, I'd like to appreciate the fact that you spell your name with an I, like myself. uh, (laughs) The the, the ones with the Y, we don't judge them. We just we judge their mothers because they weren't, uh, you know, they they didn't have too much control. (laughs) But but when it comes to to being honored, um, you are in the group of some pretty impressive names, uh, guys like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. Uh, What does it mean to be honored uh, with a group like those guys?
2: yeah and you look up at that and and guys like michael McCrary and and uh, Matt Stover guys that uh, uh, that I, I, I coached and and remembering that the Ravens are a fairly new franchise. It's been what 24, 25 years now, but to be a part of the the embryonic part of that and really beginning, even though it is transferred from the Cleveland Browns, in Baltimore and it's the separation from the Colts and the way the fans came around to it. To now it being, you know, close to twenty five years, twenty four years, uh, and twenty years since I've been a part of it, uh, the, the kind of the permanency of it and the legacy of it now they have built a legacy, obviously with two Super Bowls. So it means a lot to be a part of that legacy, particularly one that began uh, kinda when I got there. So it's very, very uh, very, very humbling.
0: Everybody, coach, remembers, and I hope my my, uh, my Roman numerals are correct. The, the Super Bowl thirty-five, when uh, when your Ravens beat the Giants. Looking back on that now, how did that win and that season change your life and career?
2: Well, you realize, particularly professionally, that it's nothing is ever going to be the same for you. Uh, the thing that comes back to me when I think back to that season is the fact that that team overcame so many things. People forget, we lost four out of five games early on in the season, did not score an offensive touchdown for a month, and a lot of teams could have fractured from that, but this team kind of coalesced together. We had a lot of great veterans you talked about with Ray Lewis, Michael Boulware, uh, 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 or, or Michael McCray, Peter Boulware. We had Rod Woodson on the back end, Shannon Sharp, Trent Dilfer. They held that team together, and then we went on that 11-game winning streak, Ending up in Super Bowl 35 against the Giants. And so, and I've long said, I don't know that that team would have accomplished that had they not been through that baptism of fire through those difficult times because, it, you know, once we got through that, it was like, okay, bring it. Whatever, whatever you got, we've been through worse and we'll hang in there. So, obviously, a very special team.
0: Speaking of this year's Baltimore Ravens, I'm curious your take. Um, the, the franchise has kind of turned the reins of the offense over to Lamar Jackson, and, and uh, you know, we're able to move Joe Flacco in a trade to the Denver Broncos. What did you make of that move? Well, it's going to be interesting.
2: You know the, Lamar Jackson is a dynamic talent clearly he's going to have to improve from his ability to beat you from the pocket as dynamic as he is outside the pocket. And, and the league has been talking about, or people have been conjecturing for years that, you know, we're going to gravitate the college stuff is going to gravitate stuff into the NFL. So far it has to a degree, but I guess I'm old school until you can win a championship from the pocket. That's, that's what the way you have to do it. Can he evolve to that? We'll find out. Clearly, he can't run the ball 14, 15 times a game like he was last year. He just won't last in the NFL if you do that. So when you see that, when you see uh, uh, Kyler Murray in Arizona and what they're doing there, believing that, okay, we can make that transformation. They equate it to, okay, look what Pat Mahomes has done in Kansas City. Although I will say this, Pat Mahomes is dynamic as he is outside the pocket. This guy can beat you from the pocket. If he has to throw it 35, 40 times from the pocket, Russell Wilson the same way. So I'm not one of those, you know, I've yet bought into the, yes, with the, with the, the pro game is going by way of the college game, but there's some talent that if indeed they can develop those skills, and Lamar Jackson certainly one of them, from the pocket, then, uh, then he could be a dynamic NFL quarterback.
1: Coach, what, what do you think has to happen in order for the college game to really start to, to see success in the NFL um, and even you know going to, to being able to compete in the playoffs and, and, and win a Super Bowl?
2: You know I'm not sure it can when you talk about the dynamic athletes in the NFL across the board when you're talking about teams that now have the time to really prepare for that and scout that out, the way you expose a quarterback to hits, I'm not sure it will ever totally translate into the NFL. Certainly elements of it. The game has opened up a little bit that way. Uh, but like I said, you you know you've got to be able to sustain this over sixteen games. Three or four games in the playoffs, teams have a tendency to catch up to it, and the fact that you're playing supreme athletes on the defensive side of the ball every week for 16 weeks, I'm not sure we'll ever totally see what we see in the college game translating into the NFL.
0: His name is Brian Billick. He's a Super Bowl champion, former BYU tight end. And also, he's uh, going to have his uh, name put in the Ravens' ring of honor this upcoming season. He's joining us here on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. BYU linebacker Sione Taki was drafted in the third round by the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns were certainly one of those big surprise teams last year. What type of situation do you think Sione is stepping into with this season's Cleveland Browns team?
2: I think he's stepping into an excellent situation. And I've been very critical of the Browns, but they have made some, under John Dorsey, made some really legitimate moves. Obviously having the quarterback situation stabilized under Baker Mayfield. We'll see how he does in the second year, but there's no no reason to believe he's not going to be successful. They've added some dynamic talent. They've done a great job in the draft. So this is going to be a young team that I think uh, really truly can, Turn the corner in a division that we just talked about. The transition that's going on in Baltimore, Cincinnati's got a new uh, new head coach. There's transition there. Pittsburgh of obviously losing Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Certainly they still have Ben Roethlisberger, but there's some transition there. I think that the Cleveland
1: Browns uh, have a real chance to make an impact into the NFL this year. We all know what what a difference makes. You know, any type of personnel from from top to bottom, and, and having the right guys. When, when it comes to to GMs and, and NFL scouts looking at college talent, um, do, do you think having a a schedule like BYU um, going against you know top SEC talent or, or P5 talent, Pac12, whatever the case is, each and every week carries more weight compared to you know looking at a kid from let's say a Boise State that. Maybe the, the program is is uh, you know ten and, and and two you know for that year, um, good you know decent history with winning, but 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 they don't have the talent that they're that they're facing you know week in and week out. Which which carries more weight in your eyes? Yeah, no question, no question
2: that when you play against a higher level of competition, and this BYU schedule this year, you know when you talk about opening up basically in the Pac twelve with Utah and Washington and USC, and you throw Tennessee in there that very much is something that the scouts look at because they want to see how you're going to compete against that top-level talent, just like you're going to have to compete against it in the NFL. So, yes, it very much, and that doesn't preclude taking a smaller school guy or a guy who's playing on a team that maybe doesn't have quite that level of competition, but you do have to prorate it because you recognize, okay, this all looks well and good here, but how's it going to translate when he has to face that higher level of talent every single week?
0: Brian, last thing for you before we let you go, and we do appreciate your your time this morning. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson had a really impressive freshman season. He capped it off with an 18-for-18 18 18 performance in the bowl victory, ironically enough, at the home of Boise State. I don't know how much of an opportunity you had to see him. Were you able to see him, and what were your impressions of him as a freshman? Uh, very impressive,
2: you know, and, and obviously burst onto the scene. Uh, obviously bodes very well for the, the, uh, the Cougars going forward, I guess the one bit of advice I would have for a young quarterback that's had that kind of success coming out, and obviously the expectations are high, people are going to expect that now with every week, the one thing you want to you know coach him up is that you've got, still got to let the game come to you. Don't chase those expectations. Don't chase that, that, that excellence, so to speak, because you're going to put a lot more pressure on yourself. There's plenty of press, enough to go around, so to speak. Uh, let the game come to you. Let the talent around you step up. Uh, you got to love the fact that, yeah, step into the big moments. Don't be afraid to be successful, but don't feel like you have to chase it on every game, that you have to match some magical level of stats to validate how good you are.
0: Coach, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us today. And once again, congratulations on the honor of, of having your name in the Ravens Ring of Honor. That will happen this upcoming season. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm sure all of, uh, of BYU Sports Nation will be uh, tuning in to, to see that, uh, that occasion for you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much, guys. You bet. That's Brian Billick joining us on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. Desert First: Your values, your timeline, your financial future. That's great advice, man. I, I love talking. He's he's right. Don't don't think like you have to meet and, and exceed expectations on every play. Play within yourself. That's great advice. Don't, don't chase expectations, yeah. but don't be
1: afraid to be successful. Yeah, I love it. Man, I'm about to go. I'm about to go read a book or something after
0: that one I'm, I'm she's got me fired up hey, That's gr- for, for a guy going into his sophomore season to have that kind of advice from a Super Bowl champion head coach you definitely take that 100%. to heart coming up, who
1: do you think will be the playmaker this season for the BYU offense we read your tweets
0: and next we talk Team USA in Japan, food and the 2019 women's volleyball schedule with head coach Heather Olmstead there she is, She's coming up next this is BYU Sports Nation Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. Before we get to head coach Heather Olmstead, let's quickly recap today's BYU SN headlines. Brandon Davies and Zalgiris defeated Rytus for the LKL Championship 92-54. to Davies scored 13 points and had four assists in the victory. Zalgiris finished the season with a record of 39-3. and And according to multiple reports out of Europe, Brandon Davies has signed a two-year deal with Barcelona.
1: Former Cougar Alexa Gray is the MVP of the Norseca Qualification Tournament. Gray led Canada to a 3-0 and victory over Puerto Rico.
0: And Taylor Sander led Team USA to a victory over Australia. Australia in an FIVB Nations League match, Sander led the team with 19 points over four sets. Team USA finished week one at 1-2. and two. Ashley Hatch of the Washington Spirits
1: scored the game-winning goal in the 23rd minute in a 2-0 win against the Utah Royals FC. The win lifts the Spirits atop the NWSL standings, three points in front of
0: Utah. Congratulations to Ashley Hatch and the Washington Spirit. Joining us now, the head coach of the BYU women's volleyball team, Heather Olmsted, back from Japan, 12 days in Japan. First of all, had you ever been to Japan before? Never been. So this was a, a new experience on many levels for you.
3: Definitely uh, one of the best experiences of my life and super grateful for the opportunity to represent USA in Japan. It was cool. Well, How,
1: how, it, many, how many Pokemon did you catch? <laughs> none. <laughs> You
3: see, he's to ask you
0: that question all morning long. I saw a store, though. It was cool. Really? Yeah. Nice. I would have. Uh, been having, been having. Do people still catch Pokemon? Is that still a thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I, I do. Okay. So, so you were there. Your, your player, Heather Knighting, was there. Um, and you were part of the college national team. Team played seven matches. We mentioned how the experience what was. What was the volleyball like? The volleyball in Japan is incredible. Um, it was probably
3: one of the greatest lessons we learned getting to play against their style of play. They're relentless with their discipline. They're serving. They're passing. their defense digging. Everybody can serve. Everybody can pass. Everybody can set. And they dig every ball. I mean, death by digging. They just dig everything. You throw at them until you make a mistake. Uh, so we learned a lot from their style of play. And they, they're that way because they train hard. And they train a lot. And they... Um, are respectful and kind, it, it was pretty incredible to watch them practice. They, they had been practicing before. We played them, right? They had a two-hour practice probably, and then they played us. Oh, wow. It's just their style, and they're so good at what they do.
1: Is, is there anything that you've learned that you will take and try to implement into your program moving forward?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we do a pretty good job with the serving game in our gym, and I, I think we can be better. I think I want to play more like like them. I want to serve tougher and in more. And I, I want everybody to be able to pass and dig. And, and so, you know, we can tweak a couple of things um, that we saw from what they were doing and see if we can implement them for sure.
0: It was just, it was so incredible. So anytime somebody goes out of the country, I immediately kind of put myself in their shoes and I kind of go through a little bit of a panic attack because I'm such a picky eater. Okay. And so, like, the thought of having to eat something that I may not necessarily be familiar with, like, really frightens me. Did you, did you have to eat anything crazy? Like, what was the craziest thing you had to eat?
3: So we did take opportunities to try the food and it was probably one of the, the best things about going over there uh, was trying new things. Mm-hmm. And the girls really branched out. And I was really proud of all of them. I'd say cow tongue. Do you like cow tongue?
0: I think you you know me well enough to know that's probably not something. I've it was eaten pretty yet. good. It
3: was pretty good. <laughs> Heather and I uh, barbecued some cow tongue. It was a pretty cool night and oh, barbecued. Yeah, cow we barbecued tongue. it. Yeah. Okay. And, that may
0: be different. That's, I could
1: I could do that.
3: But we stuck with the the rice and the the ramen the noodles were really good uh, and the tempura and some of the the, the just the staples so and it was really like good. So nothing like overly crazy. Not too bad.
1: Okay. They, did did they tell you? Like, what it was. Yeah, we had an interpreter
3: with us the whole time. So we're like, Marie, what's this? Marie, what's this? And she would just laugh at us and tell us what
1: it was. And then we tried it. (laughs) Okay. So so no pranks then? No. You were good. No. Okay. Good, good, good.
0: So the opportunities continue for Heather Knighting. She was one of of 20 players selected to the U.S. Women's Junior National Training Team. What kind of an opportunity is this for her these These kinds of opportunities just keep coming to her in a very very early in her yeah, career and sure. she's earned it certainly
3: for sure had the have this opportunity to continue to stretch herself with some of the best international team players in, in the country to compete to for a chance to make that roster of 12 and so she's going to go into the gym and and compete and get coached by different coaches and interact with different players and I saw her grow and develop over the 12 days in Japan, and I know she's going to do the same with this group
1: How, how do players get selected? Is- is that from the, the coaches? Or?
3: We went and did a tryout. Uh, we had a couple girls go to the tryout in, in March, beginning of March, and that's where they were picked for these certain teams was that tryout for USA Volleyball. Okay,
0: nice. So another one of your players, Mary Lake, uh, she just returned from Italy. She's going to be playing this week in Omaha. What, what's the experience for her been like uh, with the Volleyball Nations League?
3: Yeah, Mary is just loving life. She is so excited for the opportunity to learn from – the young women she's playing with from the coaching staff. I mean, Karch, Luca, Tama, Aaron, the the people she's learning from. I see her gaining more confidence. She's passing serves that are coming at her very fast, as as well as spikes, with a different ball uh, that's very hard to pass. uh, And so she's going to come back a better player, a better
0: teammate. It's just really cool to see her grow and develop. The the volleyball community is is such a tight-knit community to begin with. How much can this help – I mean – you, you get into one of these, and it seems like, you know, once you're in, you're in, and it's, it's a lot, you know, people take notice of this very quickly. Yeah, it's a good
3: opportunity for Mary to travel around the world and to get better at volleyball and meet new people, and it's going to serve her well for her senior year. Yeah. And then f- figuring out what she wants to do after, uh, whether it's playing professional or playing for Team USA, it's, it's a big step towards that.
1: And 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 just going off of what Jason said, as far as just making a splash and, and kind of just catching fire, um, your 2019 recruiting class is ranked fourth uh, by PrepVolleyball.com. How much of of being able to recruit you know better uh, student athletes? with, you know, kind of some of the accolades and the yeah. opportunities they get beyond just here at BYU.
3: Yeah, it's it's good for BYU. It's good for our team, for our recruits and those that we are recruiting to see that, you know, we're going to be able to help you develop here at BYU and, and to be the best absolute volleyball player you can by the time you leave here. And if you want to go play Team USA or Team Canada, Alexa, mm-hmm. then we're going to help you do that. If you want to go play pro, Ronnie, we're going to help you do that. Like we're committed to to building them on and off the court. And this is just some results of that. Beautiful. Well, and, and, and somebody Beautiful. else
0: that's Beautiful. been able to take advantage of that and play really well is is Ronnie Jones Perry. She signed to play with the team in Italy, but she's also going to be um, in Omaha as part of that team with with Mary. Is that correct?
3: She's actually no, she got flown to the Anaheim gym yesterday, so she's going to be training in Anaheim with the chance to make some other teams.
0: But that's I mean, it's just another example of of somebody yeah. that's yeah. taken the opportunity and is going to be able to run with it. Yeah, it's huge for her, and she's worked hard
3: uh, to put herself in that position. So they're going to take a look at her and she's going to, Uh, get a lot of good
0: reps before she heads out to italy to play pro well one of the fun things that we get to do having you in here is we get to release the 2019 schedule for the upcoming season do it and so right now let's let's go over the schedule um this is and you have been somebody that has never shied away from playing tough teams give us just an overview of the 2019 schedule
3: yeah we we like the schedule we put together we've got opponents on there that are going to stretch us and 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 make us compete and figure out where we're going to be heading into the West coast conference. So they're going to test us early and we're going to have some home games that are going to be exciting and some away games that are going to be exciting. We're super stoked.
0: Well, and, and you have you start up with the with the BYU Invitational. It's August 30th. Uh, it's got obviously BYU and Marquette, uh, a, a really good team. Boise State, uh, UVU. I mean, this this is a great way to start things out. But you mentioned you mentioned going on the road. I mean, there there's a a pretty decent stretch on the road. That's that's very ambitious.
3: Yeah, we're we're heading a. Uh to Wichita State to return the favor they came out here and played and get a match against <laughs> them and Texas and VCU, who's conference champs in their conference, and then we'll go play at Utah and at Stanford, and and then we start conference. So we'll know where we're at by the time we start conference for sure.
1: So I, I know with, with football, especially with some of the, the bigger conferences, they like to schedule, I guess, powder cakes up front, right, and kind of have test games just because they, they want to... You know, kind of iron out the kink so to speak with 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 volleyball and with you guys in this schedule. is there any strategy involved in in, in that sense?
3: I think there is a little bit of that. you want to be able to get your systems in place i think it's a, it's smart to be able to work and to get everyone on the same page and so you need time to do that that 's practice time for that is practice, and so the matches you don 't have as much time so we we feel like all our opponents are going to challenge us right from the get go so i don 't think there 's anybody easy on our schedule and it 's going to be exciting and I love the opening up with six matches at home and then going on the road.
0: Well, and I've got to imagine it's a huge – we talked about recruiting a minute ago. I mean, players coming in know they're going to be able to play against the best of the best in, in college volleyball.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's something we talk about in recruiting, and we're constantly trying to schedule you know, opponents that um, you know, we know we can, we can play with and that are going to compete with us. And, and uh, you know, it's just a good opportunity for our team and BYU.
0: Well, I mean, look at that stretch at Utah, uh, at Stanford, at Gonzaga, at Portland. I mean, you know, it's it's. What do you make of the West Coast Conference? I realize it's it's very early, but what are your your early impressions of what conference play will be like this year?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be another tough year. I think LMU's really good. I think St. Mary's. I think San Diego's always good. Uh, Pepperdine's good. I mean, there's really Gonzaga, Portland. There's no easy team in the West Coast Conference. You have to be on your toes every night and it's it's exciting that's the way we want it and we want to see how good we can get
1: coach i'm going to um, ask you a question i don't want the cliche answer and i you know it's it's okay it's okay we just we just f- say from a, from a players this is players only type of a conversation so in i'm game. not involved okay. no, jason sure. Level, that's just fine. just you and i no cameras anything what game are you most or, or match you're most excited or, or opponent uh you're most excited to to play what what really um you know kind of gets you kind of gets you could, could you get, you know, getting the butterflies, get the yeah. adrenaline pumping, just, you know, looking at it on paper?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, for sure you're looking at the Stanford match, national champs, opportunity to play them again at their place. I think if you're not excited for that match, I don't know, you know, what you are but excited for. But, you know, we've got the Utah match, the the Texas match, with State, any match we're going to be excited for. But I think, you know, Stanford's one where it's a little bit different that you're yeah. playing the defending national champs.
1: Nice, thank you, thank you for that. I, I appreciate yeah, it. You're that. <laughs> I know you. I know you wanted to say the first match, the first. You know, every game is, is game day. You know, treated like that. But thank you for that.
0: Well, anybody that's followed BYU women's volleyball, obviously, you know how good this program is. But you also know that uh, that whether you're watching them on TV or you're at Smithfield House watching them in person, you know you're going to watch BYU facing a good opponent and another great schedule. For the 2019 season, I know for one, uh, I, I, can't wait, I can't wait to be there and experience the atmosphere again.
3: Well, we appreciate the support, and we hope all our fans that, that caught fire with us last year come back. We're excited to, again, start six matches at home so they can come see what we're about
0: and then follow us the whole year. We, we love our fans. Thanks for coming in. Congratulations on getting the, uh, the schedule completed, and, uh, and welcome back from, from Japan. Thank you. The, here's the other question. Would you eat cow tongue again?
3: Sure. There we go. There There we go.
0: There we go. Heather Olmsted, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Coming up, the latest on Cougars who are repping the red, white, and blue. But first, who do you think will be the playmaker this season for the BYU offense? We read your tweets. Coming up next in Voice of the Nation, this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports
1: Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can watch it whenever you want, however you want. Watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Jason Shepard and Brian Logan with you. Our question of the day today in regards to BYU football, who will be the playmaker this season for the BYU offense, and why? Let's get to some more of your responses. The voice of the nation. This one on Twitter uh, from Al Garrett forty seven says: Talon Shumway. The chemistry with Wilson is great. He led the team in receiving TDs last season. I like Talon Shumway. I like Talon. I, I, I like uh, I like his skill set. He's now, you know, he's been back from his mission and has had some time to be in this offense. Look, I mean, I, I just think that the biggest change—I don't even know if it's a change—the change occurred last year when when the offense was tweaked uh, to to fit more of Zach Wilson's, um, uh, you know, playmaking sure. ability, his his skill set. But I, I just think this offense and the way it's set up—it just lends itself. Two guys making plays downfield, yeah. bigger plays. I and Talon Shumway certainly in the mix for guys that could be that playmaker. I,
1: I think that the, the bright spot with with Talon is once you saw the offense starting to pick up with with Zach. You know, he was kind of the, the go-to guy when you saw third downs. Um, somebody that that Zach really could rely on, even though Zach didn't do it as much as let's say a normal uh, quarterback receiver relationship. But but Talon was somebody that even us as fans and analysts sat back and say, okay, this was going to Talon. You have a big guy who has a big body and knows how to use his body really well uh, to block out the defender and uh, and, and come down with catches. Um, so at uh, Nate Dunn O two on Twitter, I feel like the Pac twelve. Is very strong at, at the defensive line. So the first few games, I expect a more pass-based offense. So I see
0: Mr. Wilson taking this one. That's where I went. I went with Zach Wilson. And, and some people may say it's a cop-out because, of course, your quarterback has to be a playmaker. But I, I think from what we've seen, I, I, think, I think it's Zach Wilson. Yeah. Every, everything this team is going to accomplish offensively is going to begin with Zach Wilson. Agree with you. Just, just my opinion. At Troy J. Hooper on Twitter, I'm hoping it's Matt Bushman because we need to utilize his skill set better this year. Look, that's I, I said that we're talking about you know 600 receiving yards and and Matt, I think is poised to surpass that certainly this year. I, I have I have high hopes for Matt Bushman. I, I think he's certainly going to be one of the playmakers. Can you have somebody else? That's, I think, the bigger question.
1: He'll, he'll be in that top three for sure. Coming up, a tale of two Jakes going deep
0: for their respective teams coming up in the whip. And rise and shout-outs. Mine going to a future BYU football player. Mm-hmm. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Brian Billick and Heather Olmsted for joining us on the program today. The show is on demand via podcast and the BYU TV
1: and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in pro hoops. Brandon Davis, Davies and Zalgiris defeated uh, Ritus. For the LKL Championship, 92-54, to Davis scored 13 points and had four assists in the win. Salvia finished the season with a record of 39-3. and Davis has signed a two-year deal with Barcelona, according to multiple reports out of Europe.
0: Elijah Bryan helped lead Elliott to a 84-76 win over Ness Ziona in the Israeli League quarterfinals totaling at 15 points and finishing with 8 rebounds.
1: Charles Abuelo scored 6 points and grabbed 5 rebounds as Bloy got eliminated by Rowan in the quarterfinals in France. Volleyball.
0: Former Cougar Alexa Gray is the MVP of the Norseca Qualification Tournament. Gray led Canada to a 3-0 victory over Puerto Rico, was the second-best scorer in the tournament, and tied for first in blocks.
1: Mary Lake and two-seed USA, USA host nine-seed Korea tomorrow in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, to begin the Volleyball Nations League.
0: Taylor Sander led Team USA to a victory over Australia in an FIVB Nations League match. Sander led the team with 19 points over four sets. Team USA finished Week 1 at 1-2. and two.
1: Soccer. Ashley Hatch of the Washington Spirit scored the game-winning goal in the 23rd minute in a 2-0 win Against the Utah Royals, the win lifts the spirit atop the NWSL standings. Three points in front of Utah.
0: Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman signed a minor league deal with the Seattle Mariners on Saturday and then went four for eight over the weekend with two home runs and three runs scored in his first two games with the AAA Tacoma Rainiers.
1: Saturday, Colton Shaver
0: went three for four with
1: an RBI in the Fayetteville Woodpeckers two-to-one win over the Wilmington Blue Dash.
0: And Jacob Hanneman went two for four with a home run as the Iowa Cubs beat the Round Rock Express. Time for today's rise and shout-outs. And for mine, I'm going to give it to Bronson and Hillary Kafusi. Eight. The uh, birth of their very first child, Congrats. a little boy named, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Taika Kafusi. And another reason for a rise and shout out is because it puts another Kafusi in the BYU football pipeline. Yes, yes. Congratulations to the Kafusi family. Definitely. Uh, mine's going to Andre Igadala
1: of uh, the Warriors for the, the game winning shot last night. Uh, we talk about a guy that didn't really shoot well. Um, you know that the Raptors were daring him all game long. We're not going to guard him. If he beats us, um, then he beats us. And, and for him to have confidence, right, to, to take the shot and not even he could he could have waited a little bit longer, right, to, to you know milk some clock. But instead, you know he looked destiny eye to eye, eye face you know face to face, straight in the eye, and said, "I'm coming right at you." Bam, and made it.
0: So, shout out to. The thing story. that impresses me most about Andre Guadalla is it, like in his mid 30s the dude is still just cut as cut can be. Yeah. It's, like, it's got, like, David Robinson-like <laughs> shoulders. It's unbelievable. <laughs> our question of the day. Who will be the playmaker this season for the BYU offense and why? At Laser Sheep on Twitter says, I love a Hifo. He's fun to watch. Every time he touches the ball, anything can happen. Hey, including throwing touchdown passes, too. That's right. You never know. Brings us to our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. Uh, this one coming in from at Blue one Don't count Hifo out or the frosh Luke Andrada, especially when he can stretch the field. That guy has speed.
1: Hefo, that's a good one. That is a, that's thats two for eleven. Yep, Hefo to yep, end yep, the that, show. That's a good one. He's certainly in the mix. He's certainly got the skills. Sorry to Dennis Pitta that Jerem and Spencer don't love you, but <laughs> Jason and I, we love you very much. Of course much. we do. We did not run out of time. They just, yeah, they just don't want you to take their shine. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, the Gram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
0: For Brian, I'm Jason. Shout out to Sierra Parker. We will see you tomorrow at noon Eastern for more BYU Sports Nation. We'll find out maybe Brian's lost another tooth. Go Cougs! Hope hope not.